Hello and welcome to episode nine of this AFLI. I am Alison Smirnoff and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Julia Kiera. Hi. And <laughs> Megan McDonald. Hey Al, how are you going? Good. We're in a slightly different uh, location, mm. so the acoustics might be a little different. But we're all nice and Very co- slightly different. <laughs> <laughs> but we're nice and cosy in the uh, change rooms at AH Cap Reserve. <laughs> uh, but we're going to head straight into no filter. Yeah. Get it. No filter number nine. AFL WTF. <laughs> all right. I really didn't want to have to put this no filter together. Have it covered a lot of the same territory before. But I think the news coming out of AFL House this week has backed me into a corner. So on the 23rd of March, Caroline Wilson wrote for Fairfax that the AFL's new football boss, Steve Hocking, is drawing up a women's football charter, which is supposedly designed to re-establish the AFLW as its own unique competition governed by different rules and redirects the game's evolution with the redesign starting with a quote-unquote blank piece of paper. Hawking is quoted as telling Fairfax, once you've got a charter in place, you're recognising that you want the game to be played and look a certain way. AFLW has a personality of its own and we want to wrap it up that way. It's different from AFL. It's an individual game, just as AFL X is individual. Much has already been said about this. On Twitter, Shiloh Curtis warned about creating a watered-down female version of the game, linking this situation to the way in which, at the turn of the 19th century, due to restrictions in the types of clothing women had to wear, basketball turned into women's basketball, which turned into netball. On the same platform, Martin Flanagan pointed out that the AFL does not own the game of Australian rules football and that women's football is older than the AFL itself. He points out the delusion that the AFL lives under when they can equate AFLW with AFLX, a competition born out of top-down decision making that has little connection to do to has that has little connection to the footy going and playing public. Many AFLW fans are frustrated with this suggestion from Hocking. Earlier in the season, Daisy Pearce in her column for the Age pointed out after the memo of round 1 that the one ingredient AFLW and its players need in order to thrive is time. Time for players to develop, to get more games under each player's belt, more pre-seasons and more younger players who have had uninterrupted football development pathways to get into the system. There is no quick fix. There is only patience. And in the same breath, an appreciation of the competition as it is. Fierce, intense and captivating. It is insulting to all involved in AFLW and women's footy that AFL House appears to have bottomless amounts of cash and patience to give to GWS, to the Gold Coast Suns, to AFLX, to expanding into China, but so little of the same resources directed towards AFLW. For just one example, the Gold Coast Suns, now entering their eighth year, have never made finals and have won 40 of the 154 games they have played. The AFL gave the club $24.7 million in 2017, up from $19.1 million in 2016. And yet the Suns continue to play the same football game as everyone else. The AFL acknowledging that growing a new club in a new market is a long-term prospect. In this case, the AFL is able to locate some patients. 
There are key structural differences between AFL-M and AFL-W that directly correlate to what we see on the field. For instance, pay and professionalism. The three highest paid male footballers in AFL-M earn over $3 million a year collectively. They earn more than the 240 AFLW players combined. Players are part-time, semi-professional and trained for 15 hours a week, fitting this around their day jobs. The umpiring. AFLW is umpired by trainee umpires. AFLM gets the best of the best. The umpiring this season has been distracting, sometimes dangerous, sometimes adding to the congestion and and adding to the occasional frustration for viewers and players alike. They have missed crucial free kicks, including dangerous play, and they have also not been able to utilise the goal goal review system that is available in AFLM. On Saturday's grand final, this could have led to catastrophe as a goal in the last quarter from Kirsten McLeod was missed by the umpires but was clearly visible on the replay. The weather and the locations. AFLW games are held in summer, with many games played in temperatures over 30 degrees and close to 40. As they are mostly played in suburban grounds with limited grandstands, they are more vulnerable to the elements. A strong wind that would be shielded by the southern stand of the MCG whips a ball down the wing at Witten Oval. It impacts skills and scores. The scheduling of the AFLW Grand Final seems to occur each year in Round 7 as an afterthought. At the weekend, we watched two AFLW teams play in torrential rain in a ground with limited cover. Again, no tickets were sold, so many stayed home, not winning to, not wanting to risk lining up in the deluge to only miss out in a spot or be stuck in an open-air seat. At Icon Park, the toilets flooded, the much-advertised pre-match entertainment was cancelled due to the rain, and the first half was heavily affected by the wet conditions. Midweek, the start time was moved half an hour earlier to accommodate the Brisbane men's game at Eddie had later that evening. Although I am definitely not a fan of the AFLW Grand Final being seen as a curtain raiser for a home and away AFL-M game, why couldn't the AFL have saved those Brisbane fans at Czech Cost Town by playing the game on Etihad in the afternoon before the Lions played the Saints? Even better, in this 2018 season, there are 10 AFL men's teams who don't have AFLW teams. Why aren't they the teams playing on the Saturday? No clashes would have occurred at all. Why isn't Eddie had just booked for the Saturday afternoon grand final from the outset? There are four Victorian teams. The odds are high the grand final would be in Victoria. Waiting to see who makes the final and then scrambling for whatever ground is left over is an insult. All it does is suggest that AFLW is an afterthought, a nuisance, something that can be bent to the will of AFL House's priorities. The reason for the discrepancy between AFLW and AFLM is so blatantly obvious to its fans, but seems invisible to the powers that be. Instead of dealing with the structural inequalities that underlie the differences between AFLM and AFLW, those powers continue to tinker with the game itself, introducing the lasso rule, 16 aside, 21 players per game instead of 22, instructing umpires to not start play until teams start in a 5-6-5 formation and the 15-minute quarters that fly by. So much goodwill has been squandered this season, but it's not too late. The story coming out of the Witten Oval in Footscray in 2018 should give all AFLW fans and AFL House itself hope that the solutions are at our fingertips. In their first season, despite a playing list bursting with talent, the Bulldogs finished seventh and only won two games. Their game plan seemed ill-matched to the players on the park and did not lend itself to the skills of the girls on their list. 
In the off-season, the Bulldogs did something simple, but in the current context, rare and remarkable. They listened to women. The coaches and administrators at the Bulldogs conducted a review of what had gone wrong. They allowed time and space for blunt feedback from their players, and they listened, and they planned accordingly for season 2018. They brought in Debbie Lee to run the women's footy department, someone who understands women's football and how women play, as well as its unique cultural dynamics. The talk coming out of the Dogs this year is their stunning turnaround in creating a positive footy culture and refocusing the girls on their skill development and a more simple game plan that all players could understand and implement. And look how the club was rewarded. A premiership for all Australian players, the league best and fairest and five rising star nominations. They turned a small forward into a leading goal kicker and a first-year player won the grand final best on ground medal. And arguably, they played the most entertaining, free-flowing and high-scoring style of footy all year. The Bulldogs placed faith in the female players and what the players were saying and look at the result. They allowed them to shine and did so with pride. At the 2017 season launch of AFL W, AFL CEO Gil McLaughlin said to the players, you can play with confidence. The AFL is here to back you in for the long term. That seems like a terribly long time ago, but that priority can be returned to with some honest self-reflection at AFL House about what happened in Season 2. Steve Hocking has stated he will be formulating a separate super panel for AFLW, and I hope that this space is used to provide frank, frank feedback about the structural problems, not an attempt to pinkwash the game. Steve, listen to women. It seems so obvious. It pains me, I have to say it. <laughs> Listen to me. That's what you should have said at the end. Listen to JC. <laughs> what would JC do, Steve? I know, get a wristband, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Better not be pink, mate. Don't make it a pink wristband. Mm. So what was the collective feeling when we read that article by Caro? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I almost threw my phone across the room, but I, I just, you know, the phrase "if it ain't broke, don't fix it." Mm. Well, it you're is trying to fix it because you broke it in the first place. Yeah, no? the, yes, that. But also, I don't think it's particularly broken. Yeah, like no, yeah. I, I feel like these guys are looking at it. And then they're expecting women's footy to look a certain way, and because it doesn't look that way, they're trying to fix that. But when I watch it, I don't see what they're seeing. Like I am totally enthralled. And and if anything, when I watch AFLM the other night, I was kind of dead inside. <laughs> like it seemed to – I don't know. There was no tension. It's, yeah, almost too perfect. Like there was, there was no tension. The ball kept rolling out of bounds and no one was punished. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I don't know. It, like I appreciate – when the, he says they are different, they are, they look different, but in the same way that if you ever played a mixed netball, boys play netball differently. Yeah, I think they would be different enough under exactly the same rules. Yeah, the boys play netball differently. They tend, like, they will totally throw the ball, or piff the ball from like one third, one edge of one third to the other edge because they're playing to their strengths, right? But they still play under the same rules. And 
why can't it be the same for footy? It's the same rules. We just we use our bodies a bit differently, so it's going to look a bit different, and yeah. that's kind of it. Leave it at that. Yeah, uh, I guess i I just have this I just have this issue with this notion that it's a a product and b other. Mm. It's yeah, that that's very good. It's football, mm. and it, like you said, exactly like you say, it's football. But the only difference is that women play it too. Yeah, I just can't see how they can categorize it like they do AFLX, which yeah. is which is a different version mm. of a sport. Yeah, yeah, it's not, you know. Yeah, and I I just. Look, there's there's some people that are just doing some great gender study stuff at the moment because it's mm. almost you you almost could write this stuff that they say that it's like he can't deal with women's bodies as they are <laughs> yes. and what they can do, so he's trying to fix it in some way. I don't know. It's really ugh. I don't get it. I I I just feel like I'm looking at a different thing. I know that I'm probably the target audience, but. I just think if they, as I said, if they fixed some of these things that are totally within their within their powers in, to fix, that wouldn't take that much. When you would use the word fix, I feel like in fixing them, or my idea of how to fix a few of the things would to be would be to make it more like the men's game. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. more different from the men's game. And yeah. I think they're thinking the fix is going the other way. Mm. And so all this tinkering happens, and when you you just think, stop touching it. Make it. That's what she said. Oh. <laughs> yes. No, she said touch it. It's there. Stop. Find it. <laughs> no, you've missed it. You've missed No. Yep. Keep. No. Yes. Yep. Those two. I've never had this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, so. Wow. Leave it in. Leave it in. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> it's the last one, guys. Go on. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I just think I think everyone's frustrated by the fact that it's it's like they're just completely ignorant of why things are the way that they are. Everything that informs the women's mm. game being, you know, mm. the, the current in its current state. And a lot of the things that are making it, this way are because of years of mm. neglect yeah. um, and then it's treatment once it does exist. Mm. So if it had all the things that the men's game has, mm. on-field, off-field, rules, welfare, um, money, it would be this brilliant, mm. more brilliant thing and he's talking about creating appeal. It's like there is appeal. Mm. It's appealing. Yeah. So many of us are attracted to it, love it, are rejoicing in it. And I think you should look at pleasing those people, those yeah. passionate people that want, as we keep saying, we want it to be the best version of itself. Mm. I just, I keep going back to the collective feeling that we all had after round one, 2017, mm. that first game, the lockout, the feeling of being seen for the first time and the appreciation of give us a platform to play on and people will go, uh, people will watch it, mm. young girls will take up the sport. I just – what has happened since – I don't know. Year one. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Is it – Is it entirely the last possession out of bounds rule? 
Mm-hmm. There's so honestly, there is so much in that edition mm. that because it's affected the way it's played. It it's given another it, platform for us to look at perhaps the um the standard of the umpiring. Mm. It's I trying think to, it makes it lower scoring. It makes it lower scoring. Mm. It's trying to address this congestion is, issue. That's mm. who knows yeah. how real it is. I, yeah. I, no, it's obviously not in that one thing, but I think that's really indicative of a lot of stuff that's well, happened. They, they've come up with a rule that they think is going to... Because we co- better change things. Yeah, yeah. They think that might cure something and then they've created... Yeah. It's, yeah. It's the, they've introduced a cane toad, basically. Yeah. And it's overrun. <laughs> yeah. But um, the thing... And you, you've basically said this, Meg, but the way I can't deal with it is I feel like the hocking article he makes it sound like well we treated it like the men's and it wasn't good enough so now we're going to tinker with it yeah but you you, you never did you never you never did no. ever mm. so and even if you did now it hasn't been treated mm. like men's for so very long yeah it's starting from so far back that it's gonna mm. it's gonna take time but I, I i love your example of the bulldogs because they're mm. i mean their transformation is Seeming yeah. really something. <laughs> a little spill there. <laughs> Sorry. That's what she said. <laughs> Meg's on board. I'm on, I'm on tonight, kids. Um, Actually, kids don't listen. <laughs> because, because they went back to football basics mm. and they started delivering on those things mm-hmm. and it's brought success. It's brought success and I would argue if we're talking about a Heel and attractive footy and, and rah rah rah. The most attractive football. Yeah, for seven games, I would say. Yeah. Um, and and they're not the only club that's going that way. Those other clubs that have have similar styles and abilities have been successful. Mm. And I just think all these the things I I think need fixing aren't terribly expensive. Yeah, they they're not. I I know booking at a head stadium for an afternoon when it might not be used is probably expensive, but. In the scheme of the whole season, it's one thing. And getting the best umpires, oh, just, oh, I don't know. It, it, it just. I think you can't underestimate the toll that all this is taking on the players themselves mm, yeah. because they are trying to constantly deliver this product that it's co- it's constantly getting critiqued. They're trying mm. to stay on top of a game that's changing mm. as they play it. They're feeling the pressure of performance mm. and they're not getting the support that they need to deliver. Yeah. And and you, people are going above and beyond their playing contracts mm. and then under their playing contracts they should stop now and then start yeah. again in November. But they're not going to do that because they want the whole thing to improve and they want to get better. But they're not getting compensated for that in any real way. No. And look, I – so today – I really wanted to have a look at what Gillan McLaughlin said at the AFLW launch this year because I I have a strong recollection he said something along the lines of, you know, all the girls need to do this year is just concentrate on playing footy. We'll sort out the rest. Oh, my gosh. However, I could not find it. I could find the 2017 AFLW launch, but I could not find the 2018. And I am putting out there that there is some (laughs) cover-up. That after the memo, <laughs> that they dragged it offline. Was it ever online? I have a really vague recollection that it was, 
but I can't find it and I couldn't find any. I reckon if you go, because I reckon they, did they live stream it on Facebook? Or they did and just... now you can't find it anymore. And mm. there's a clip, but it's not of his section, but his section from last year is up. Mm. So I could totally just be wrong. And I someone like I could, like what you're doing. And someone could send I'm me the link and say, here it is. But if I'm going to be a conspiracy theorist, I think it's been taken down. I'm happy to be wrong. Um, I, I would, I would actually like to hear what he said now, in with the benefit with, of hindsight. Yeah. So either way, I'm winning. Either I've pointed out a <laughs> conspiracy, or someone's going to find it on the internet and bring it to my attention, so I can read what he actually said. I, I kind of want to know who was at this big powwow mm. on Monday. Um, but what, I know a couple of people that were. But that, what, why not be upfront about it? If if you are, actually, do you mean the one with two like two players from each club? That's what the that's what the article says that there yeah. will be two players from each club. But it's there. like, well, be genuine about it. Be open. If you're actually honestly having this open dialogue, mm. be open about it. Don't have secret meetings. Actually, say, well, these are the people that are have been invited. They've been mm. invited. Yeah, and mm. then allow for suggestions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am I am no. I wrong? No, and I like what you both said. Please listen to those players, and I. Mm. There are some very intelligent people playing AFLW, mm. and they want. And as I guess what I was trying to say before is, the want among the playing group for it to be awesome mm. is incredibly high. It's incredibly high, and it's beyond for money. It mm. always, obviously, always has been. So, yeah, let's just back those ones in, back, mm. back the girls in instead of tinkering. Mm. No more tinkering. The thing is, if I hadn't have read anything yep. about this season and just watched the games and went to the games, I would have loved every minute of it. I thought there was some amazing games, some great skill. You would have been like, why is that a free kick on the boundary line? Yeah, well, yeah, I would have questioned some umpiring calls, but that's just general f- yeah. footy. Ball! Um, yeah. <laughs> um, sling! <laughs> yes, yeah, the, <laughs> the little sling chorus that happens next to me. Um, but... Yeah, I think I think it was a certain improvement on the first year. We saw some new stars. We saw some great scores. We saw some great marks. Like, it was a great year. And it's just been brought down by this chatter. They preempted the second album issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they tried to be like, oh, well, we better not. Yeah, they tried to like, um, I don't know. And it could have been Adele's 21. Yeah, it could have been. It could have, yeah. But they came out and like, look, 18 was like the best album ever. So don't, 19? Oh, shit. Um, 19 was the best. was the best, yeah. 19 was the best album ever. So don't get your hopes up for 21. In fact, sing a completely different style of music. Yeah. (laughs) And maybe like use (laughs) auto-tune. And and she's like, but I'm Adele. And she's like, (laughs) no, you should do it. Did that analogy work? I don't know. <laughs> I think our audience is more of a Beyonce type of audience, but I think they'll get it. Okay. <laughs> no. Okay. Let's go with the Beyonce one then. She was like, we like AFLW is trying to be Beyonce, and the AFL are like, but you're only big as Beyonce because you're married to Jay Z, <laughs> and you're like, no, I'm Beyonce. <laughs> I'm like, but are you? I think I like that one better. Okay. <laughs> Leave them both. They were both <laughs> getting there. <laughs> Well, last Saturday was the 2018 AFLW Grand Final between the Western Bulldogs and the Brisbane Lions and the Doggies. They got up by a goal. Mm. And it was uh, great to be there. 
It was great to be there. Once the deluge. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't sure I was going to get there, but. Mm, I did sit in the car in the car park right up until 11.30 because <laughs> it was absolutely pissing down. Because um, we believed that 25,000 was still going to come and yeah. got there early to queue. Yeah. And looking out the window going, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. This is Melbourne and this is on live yes. television. <laughs> but we were there. It was actually, I thought the atmosphere was great. Yeah. This, the Even though, you know, Icon Park has its failings, but it keeps the sound in very well, I reckon. Yeah. Well, and especially it, in that legend stand where yeah. we were sitting. Yeah. Yeah. So it felt really alive um yeah it was like you was especially when the bulldogs were mm. kicking goals we were obviously amongst a, a huge supporter group it yeah was, it was loud yeah. when the coaches made their way down to the boundary yeah. from the coaches box and they were you know fist pumping to the crowd and yeah. it was <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was great yeah great little pocket the game itself oh well that first half sitting in a clump of bulldog supporters one could have got a bit nervous, but it was very. It was still very wet at that time. They had a bit of the ball, but just couldn't look. The they, first they, half, I just, I was just going. If it keeps going like this, they're not going to win. They're not going to win a, and the whole debate is going to be about Katie Brennan because because they didn't have a forward target. because they didn't have a forward yeah. target. Yeah, and then they totally sorted that out in the second half. But in that first half, I was like, oh no, this is going to be the whole post-match conversation. Yeah, quite um, a few times they worked the ball to the 50-metre line and, and there, was, there was nothing there. Yeah, but there was also, like, no movement either. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it They just, looked tired almost. Yeah, yeah. It, it just seemed like maybe a couple of the girls that were new to footy just hadn't quite adapted to the conditions. I think yeah. it took them about a half of footy to understand that you play a little bit differently in the wet. Yeah. yeah. And sorry, but I just thought that Lutkins was basically giving a masterclass of – um, I'll lead you to the football. It's here. Yes. yes. I'll lead you to the football. It's actually over here. And the Bulldogs <laughs> girls were just kind of following her and three paces behind. The amount of marks she took and cut off their yep. forward entries every time. She's like, no, oh, you think the football is going there? No, it's actually over here. Yeah. It was at half time. Almost a joke. And and at the other end, they looked quite potent. Um, Brisbane, Mushner was... I mean, she didn't kick a goal in the first half, but she's um, set up one and Conway mm. was getting involved. I yeah. need to do a shout-out to the big rig athlete of Astro Conway. Yeah, let's. Yeah. And the tackle she does on Conway in that first quarter oh, when Conway is streaming towards goal and Astor just finds her and – and then the, the Bulldogs played on, and so she didn't oh, get bad. to take the kick. Yeah. It's just like, man, guys. And I really think when Aster was on, mm. that showed Aster was on, and there was another huge tackle right up the middle where D. Berry. Who had that ball? Someone. Oh, I can't remember. A Brisbane player mm. was streaming through the middle, about mm. to get a forward 50 entry, and D and has mowed her down. Like a rocket. Like oh, she comes yeah. – if you watch it on TV, she comes out of screen. Completely. <laughs> Just, and yeah. I, I reckon, you know, that set them up for a great performance as well because she had been in and out of the team mm. and to demonstrate that sort of intent on grand final day, yeah. um, that def- defensive intent, which I think you could say the same for Kirsten McLeod. Mm. Um, so there were signs. They were struggling yeah. forward to the ball, but they'd certainly had the uh, – AFL W Grand Final desperation about them. Yeah, definitely. And 
yeah, Deanna Berry, like, yeah, she was out of the team, but then her last two games, she kicks two, you know, in the grand final, she kicks that great goal in the yeah. second half that finally gets them going. She kicked a great goal last week. You know, not many players hit their form right at the perfect moment, but she totally did. And that was a great goal as well. Definitely. Set up by a little nice toe poke from Kirsten McLeod as they're yeah. streaming towards goal. At halftime, I was feeling pretty smug about my best on ground team. <laughs> and to be honest, I think I – oh, I think no. Monet was won, great, but – If they won, it, you would, that would have mm, gone. It was, but she was that good that you thought she might still, even yeah. though they lost. Yep. Yep. She was doing it. Nathan Buckley, Gary Ablett, that they mm. both win yeah. losing a – Did Gary Ablett say Yeah. yeah. But I thought I would have oh, – on that, I think we all we made those guesses without knowing the weather. Oh, yeah. I would have – I reckon if I knew it was going to be like that, Kirsty Lamb would would have been my best on too. Yeah. She mm. just lives and breathes in and under mm-hmm. rah kind of footy. Yep. Sabrina Friedrich Traub battled all day. She was always in the right spot to try and clunk the mark, but they just hassled her. She only took one mark all day. Like, you know, the conditions obviously made it hard, but she never had a clear run at it. I think Asta played a huge role in that as well. So Sparky had the one-on-one, but they were very conscious of getting over to help create Mm. um, that extra number for Sabs. And kind of similar to what they did earlier in the year against the Lions as well. They Mm -hmm. made life really difficult for Sabs. I loved the Cashy Libby Mm -hmm. round two. Yeah, Libby played out of her skin. Yeah, she had a fantastic game. Mm. As as I think was you've said once once she starts taking the intercept marks as much mm. as she is spoiling she'll be up there again. Mm. Um, but then but Cashy did she got her on a couple of one on ones so yeah, it was yeah. probably a slightly more even contest than earlier in the year. Yep. Mm. And then they turned it on second half. Totally. And well, Monique Conti we haven't spoken about her yet. No, she wins best half. on ground and she kicks a great goal. But every time she got the ball you felt like something was going to happen. Her, she is so clean. Yeah. Mm. So, so clean. Yeah. She evades. She doesn't panic. She was just stepping around the Brisbane players. She, I, Yeah, I thought that was a very deserving on the, best on ground medal. It might have been Daisy on the coverage when I watched it back said she's number one in the comp for loose ball gets. Is that right? Look, no. I think I'm going to back myself in and say that's right, <laughs> um, which that shows intent and work rate and mm. getting to space and um, – yeah, she she get, finds the space in the first place, but then mm. if she gets com- the ball in congestion, she finds space in that in that situation as well. Yeah, but Brisbane like they never looked out of it. Wooshner keeps them in the game with two goals oh, in the second great. half. Just yeah. the the mindset to play on and kick that goal. Oh yeah, well, oh, she's an excellent player. It yeah. was it was that third quarter though. It's premiership yeah. quarter. Premiership it was just quarter. Those three goals. Mm. And really good goals, like that Barry goal on the yeah, just on the run, sweet hit on the run. It was I just love and I, I love those goals and I loved it. I loved it because it was like that's just smart. You, put because it out. you put it out because out. you can see your player is running in, so you're going to put it out to the goal square, and either way they're going to run onto it. You're going to kick it. Oh, it's just smart. Yeah, and caught them totally not by surprise, but you know makes the defenders nervous because they've got to run backwards. But you know I did mention in the no filter that McLeod. It's not a toe poke, a heel poke of mm. a goal in the last quarter. And you're just like, it's a bloody grand final. Can you not get the goal review up? Yeah. Like, for goodness sake. It does like seem it, ridiculous when you don't even need goal. Like, you, oh, Sorry, it is goal review, but they could have just looked to the right and looked at the big screen. Yeah, they could have looked on the, on the big screen. And and fair enough that they didn't see it uh, in the yeah. moment because it's, you know, a tiny little 
kick there, but it was so clear as day. And, um, you and know, if, if Brisbane end up getting that, you know, in that last passage of play getting a goal, it's, yeah, it's just right. ridiculous. And that's not – sorry. We understand that the umpires are not allowed to use the footage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's just, available. It's and available it's, and it's almost oh, oh. illogical to do not. They, oh, they do that in the men's. Sorry, so they do. What? They have goal review in the men's. Yeah, they've got goal review. Of course they do. But it's problematic, but anyway. A player who I've probably not noticed that much, Ferris. Mm. If you watch oh, the I've first five minutes, she is absolutely everywhere doing amazing things. And then that last the mark, the mark, that last mark, Brisbane's last uh, foray forward in the last quarter, and she takes that mark and the siren goes, oh, She's an, incredible. Yeah, she's another really clean one. So I think mm. that she's, she stood out in the wet for sure, right, yeah. um, below the ground. And <laughs> um, I did, you know, it, it, there were so many things that reminisced last year where Brisbane also, you know, lost the grand final. But, you know, I, I can totally picture that that um, last foray forward in the oh, – I'm saying foray a bit. Foray. Um, <laughs> forward at the Gabba where Sabrina Frederick-Trop was on the ground asking why she didn't get a free kick or, yes. or maybe Aaron Phillips is on the ground asking why she didn't get a free kick. So I liked that this one was like a clean – nah, it's a mark. We're yep. not going to argue about whether that was fair or not. Um, I guess the one goal we haven't spoken about was Emma Carney's. So that was – That was quite nice. That was great because it was a – to get someone holding the ball was great in the first mm. place. And I really think it probably demonstrates the change in her and the change in the team mm. for being able to take that shot. Mm. And if you've worked on your kicking as much as they say they have yeah. and they nail it in the last quarter of the granny, mm. um, it was great. It totally pays off. And the tackle itself is great. You look like She, mm. she looks like she's about to pick her pocket and then she just yeah, gets, gets holding the ball. Mm. Um, look, after the game, I did – so we were sitting in the legend stand and I decided I was going to walk all the way around to the other side to watch the ceremony. To watch the ceremonies. I don't know why it was positioned there because that's kind of – there's the least amount of seats in that spot. But anyway. TV. TV. Yeah, that's yeah, all we care about. It's looking across to yeah. the most amount of seats. Um, anyway, so I walked around the front and, you know, watched all the girls get their medals and then an Astro O'Connor, you know, got her medal and I was standing on the bench Here and I go. caught her eye and I beckoned her to come over and I burst into tears yeah. <laughs> because I cried. I, I cried. I gave her a big hug. Maybe I gave her several kisses on the forehead. Did you? Yeah. And she was shocked. She couldn't, didn't know what to do. Asta, for anyone listening at home, is a handshake gal. Oh, um, yeah. don't, even, don't even attempt a hug. <laughs> um, and I just was so – I was just so happy for her. And the same for Nick Callanan that they have played for a long time. They're in their 30s and they've achieved the pinnacle of what it is to play AFL. And I was just, I was just so happy for them. I just burst into tears out of empathic happiness. I was, and Asta said, hold it together, mate. <laughs> yeah, she would have. It was emotional. Yeah. Well, I actually interviewed Asta in the winning rooms after the game. So uh, here she is. I'm here in the Premiership winning rooms with Asta O'Connor. How are you feeling? Well, we, um, our, our, I can't describe how I'm feeling, to be honest. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty good. Um, so it's pretty tense first half. Yeah, it was tense. Uh, I think it took us a little while to adjust to conditions, if I'm being totally fair. Um, but as soon as we were able to reset from half-time, 
uh, and, and really open the ground up and use the width of this ground and get our runners on the outside, I think that's what really turned it. Um, so that third quarter really is a premiership quarter, yeah? Yeah, it's interesting. As we were talking about earlier, third quarters haven't been our forte this year. Um, but credit to Grozy and the coaching staff. They changed a couple of things. Um, Brisbane's wings are being really effective and we just sort of switched a couple of things there and we're able to get it back on our terms. But on a more personal note, I know you don't like to talk about yourself individually, but you're an AFLW Premiership player. Yeah, it's pretty surreal. Um, and, you know, I've, I've said it before, I do love this game, but the game isn't always good to you. So in moments like this, it's pretty special just to savour. Um, you know, does it change, change who I am? Pr- probably not. Um, I learnt that a long time ago, that, that footy doesn't define me. Um, but, gee whiz, it's, it's a nice thing to, to have next to your name, that's for sure. And just a little word about your skipper. It's been a pretty big week off-field. How, how was she over the last couple of days? Katie's been phenomenal. Selfless. Uh, put the team first. I know there was a lot of external noise and there would have been the question mark of did that distract us or was it a distraction and it wasn't. I tell you what, our full-time jobs are a distraction now. Like, <laughs> you know, we don't we don't sit in a club all day long. We go to work and we live, you know, normal lives. Yeah. So really hard for Katie that week but for the group, we just got on with it and that's what you have to do in footy we've lost players all year uh, Katie is really unfortunate but that's the game yeah. um, and it's you know that's just part of it but yeah for KB um, she's young um, she'll go away get herself fit get that ankle sorted and she'll be back out here I know if I know one thing I, I know that about Katie and just on a also personal level you're a former co-host of this AFL Live how do you think we've gone this year yeah, look, you struggle without me, it's fair to say. You know, I lighten the mood, I bring the dry humour. Uh, it's funny, the first person I saw when I came off, you know, at the end of the game was JC, who is an absolute hero of mine and, and someone who I take real strength from watching the way she goes about her life. So to see her, and, and she was crying, poor thing. But, um, yeah, it was, it was really special and what you guys do and, and how you present women's sport and, and women's footy in general is, is pretty awesome so keep it up maybe get me on every now and again to lighten the mood but yeah look well done thanks man well that was aflw grand final number two but in the lead up to the game there was some more uh i guess fallout from the katie brennan tribunal appearance when we went to air last week she hadn't had her appeal as yet, but she obviously lost that appeal. Uh, there was talk of maybe placing a court injunction so that she could play, but the doggies ended up releasing a statement saying that she would accept the suspension, but she was going to take it to the Human Rights Commission. I am very, very, very proud of Katie Brennan's stance on this. What's the feeling amongst you two? What badass like she's just I am the same when I saw that I just saw you go KB because by the Thursday they're announcing the teams okay Mm -hmm. KB's out Kirsten McLeod's in and she's gone she's decided to leave it there and give the team you know 24 48 hours of clear air to deal with the team that they've actually got before the grand final but but the reality is is that it's it's a structural problem. The rules for women are not the same as the rules for men. They're, I understand that perhaps what happened with KB was an unintended consequence, but it's a consequence nonetheless. 
and the AFL refused to fix it at the time. So she's gone above their head. And I understand that Peter Gordon would probably love this. He is a longtime lawyer. He's taken lots of big court, um, what are they called, uh, class actions for, you know, asbestos cases and thalidomide cases. Like this is totally in his wheelhouse. But, yeah, what about us? I love it. And I think that – sorry – I think that the, um, you know, she's copying a lot of flack from people, a lot of people that are claiming that it's political correctness gone mad. But I totally think that the, the people that say that are ones that actually refuse to engage with the issue as it is or really get into the nitty gritty of the issue and, and just see, read three words of it and make up their mind. Whereas if you put it out plain as day that if she had done the same thing as she was a man, she would be fined instead of missing a grand final then yeah anyway I'm yeah I think it's great and and I you know I think lots of people have read what Kate Sear has said and that she will have backed the AFL into a corner which is yeah it's fantastic great so I agree with I agree with both of you and my frustration with the well the rules are the rules and you knew the rules and you're playing by them I mean that's just just completely ridiculous because Mm. They've changed rules all season. <laughs> yeah. Well, what about that little memo? Yeah. Uh, and rules can be wrong sometimes. Yeah. They can be. Oh. Well, as we're finding with the lasso rule, I you know, it's designed to do one thing and then it actually causes something else. Oh, but we're going to persist with it because yeah. we refuse to back down. And this could turn out to be a huge moment in women's sport in Australia. Mm. And I agree with everything you've said. I think they they ultimately they did the right thing. Mm. We're all very fortunate that we're friends of Katie's as well. Um, so I'm sure a lot of our listeners think, oh, you just have some Darabin bias. But I do consider Katie a very good friend. And for people that know her, this just this actually epitomises Katie. Like she's very much a team player. She's put her teammates first. Um, but she's also very passionate about gender equality in sport. And she's putting her name to this so others don't have to go through it. And I'm just, like I said earlier, I'm just really mm. proud of her. And there just is, there's so much nastiness around this that I think just speaks more to those people that are putting it out there than it does the actual issue. And what she's actually doing is very brave. Yep. Um, and 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 I hope will will bring about real change. You know, if she just accepted it as it is and said, oh, well, those, them's the rules, mate, you know, mm-hmm. I'm disappointed, but that's it, then, yeah, then then everyone moves on and, and the next player has to deal with it. And and it is wrong. It is totally wrong. I, I understand that there might not be a very simple solution. Yeah, but we understand solution, why it is the way it is. Yeah, we understand why it is the way it is. and um, But there are other solutions and 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 the reality is is that she's missed what could have been the biggest game of her career yeah and and it could be for a completely wrong reason and it probably is yep. so isn't that worth stopping someone else having to go through that turmoil yeah and it's it's so hard to be the person that rocks the boat and disrupts the status quo and i i can't tell you how many times working in the footy industry i held my tongue and didn't speak up Mm. and a couple of times when I did speak up I actually really copped it so yeah I just I I couldn't be I couldn't be more proud of her I just she's she's doing a great great thing yeah but I think 
it has moved the conversation away from the tackle itself because I think like even in this room we have disagreements about the legality of the tackle or yep. whatever and that and lots of cases that go to the tribunal that occurs so if you just put that aside we're talking now about how the sanctions the sanction system so let's and I think a lot of the crap on social media is talking, still talking about the tackle. I'm like, no, no, no. It's not about the tackle. No, no. <laughs> it's not about the tackle. It's about the, the, the difference system. of consequence. The difference yeah. of consequence. So let's talk about that. Yeah. Instead of, oh, well, she broke the rules and now she's got to suck it up. Well, it's, so, it's, it's such a simplistic it's kind a, of yeah. stupid way of looking at it. Yeah, it is a stupid way of looking at it. So I think that for people that do read the comments, I occasionally do. Um, I do too. I'm yeah. so morbid. In well, that sometimes way. they're just in your face. The more I read them, I'm like, you're not even engaging with this issue properly. On the right level. On the right level. Yeah. Like if you actually understood all the things the that right happened, it's a higher level. Yeah. By the way, if you still, if you engaged with it, understood everything that happened, and then still came to this opinion, okay, we can talk about it. But you're not even doing that. So shut up, idiots. KB, I th- hope you turn off the comments. Um, so there's been a couple of tweets from, I'm going to say it, male journalists, mm. male football journalists. One of them. I, I mean, that's probably just your opinion mm-hmm. that they're male. but Yes. No, okay. I think they are actually male, but, you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, so one of them is Sam McClure. Uh, mm. He does a bit of work for The Age, SEN and Channel 7. Uh, his tweet said, so disappointing that on the eve of what looks set to be an epic grand final, we've turned a poorly executed tackle into a gender discrimination lawsuit. How sad. AFLW players want to be treated like everyone else. This only hurts that cause. What do we think? Um, JC, what do you think? I feel like you'll speak most articulately on this one. Oh, my God! (laughs) (laughs) What does he say? AFLW players just want to be treated like everyone else. Yes! That's the whole issue! That's the whole issue. She's not being treated like everyone else. Women aren't being treated like men. Do you not get the f- point? You are the diagram of the point is up in the sky and you are standing on the ground. Most most articulate. Awards season. Whoa, 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 awards. Oh, there are a couple of awards. Mm, the awards. So last year, Alison got a ticket to the awards. This year, Meg got one. So next year, I'm in. Julia's going. <laughs> I've shined my shoes. You can be my plus one. Oh. <laughs> Good. Oh, gosh. Yes. So AFLW awards <laughs> season. Uh, we'll start with the AFL Players Awards. MVP. Our girl. Our girl. <laughs> Did you – we voted, didn't we? Yeah, yes. Yes. Play, <laughs> Players Association. Um, Lauren Arnell, the ever astute uh, football observer. Future Carlton coach Lauren Arnell. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I have no inside information. I'm just putting wishes out into the uh, atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> As are they, seek. <laughs> <laughs> Free parking at Icon Park. <laughs> uh, getting back to Lozanel. Yeah. She 
she pointed out that how does a player who is the league MVP become runner-up as the <laughs> AFL player's best first-year player? Do you know why? Oh my gosh. Because girls are just nice sometimes. <laughs> and they don't like Not voting nice. for the same person in all things. Let not go to share it around. I reckon that's why. So that's just mean girls, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> so just to recap, Courtney Gum, player's MVP, prestigious award, our mate Daisy Pierce, AFLW best captain, mm. Chloe Malloy, best first-year player, and most courageous, Chelsea Randall. Mm-hmm. Well, two of those got it last year, days in Chelsea. Look, Chloe Malloy, we may have said it after the first game <laughs> that she was going to have a blinder. I may have said she was a smoky for the BNF. And she was runner-up. Uh, she, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but she did. She had an outstanding season. She had, you know, she had blinding games and she had slightly quieter games. But um, she she had a great season. And she can, you know, we've seen her across half-back this year. But... She can go forward. She, yeah, she's amazing. But Courtney Gum, though. Oh, yeah. How good to be voted by your peers mm. as the most valuable player. Oh, the best. The and, best. Yeah. And it was interesting that she didn't score, uh, so, rewards votes. You know, she, she doesn't get votes um, in, in in a few games where I thought she should. I think in one game, Jess Delpos gets three votes and you see Jess <laughs> mouth something that kind of looked like, what the what? Um, was I don't think she mouthed it. We just couldn't see it, uh, hear it. Um, but I think because as a player, you you watch what she does and she she's just so incredibly versatile. Like she's getting the in and under ball. She can be on the outside. She can take big contested marks. She can kick goals. You know, she does that lovely float across half back to take those intercept marks but then can go forward. Like she just brings so much to the team. Um, which I think as a player you would go, look, I want someone like that in the team. Anyway, so on, so that was on the Monday and then on the Tuesday night, um, Meg, you had a front row seat to the awards. <laughs> yep. How did you manage that? Front row? Someone just really thinks that she should have played in the midfield and wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no. Uh, so a, oh, a friend of mine. So Darcy, they're sure. Um, <laughs> tells me she got a last minute ticket and would I like to go? Because other members of everyone else that I live with was going. Um, and I said, I said no, not my place. Mm. And then uh, revisited the next day and I said, uh, go on then. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I was assured that it was very last minute. Um, invite came after the RSVP date. So typical Darcy styles. It would just be, well, we'll just be up the back having. A good time. Mm. Um, and so we we arrive and w- weren't sure where the seating was. So we're going around while the, the ceremony's starting and looking, she's sort of looking at the different place cards and we're like, where is it? We're sort of up the back in the last couple of empty tables. We cannot find the seat. So we get the hostess to come over and say, sorry, this is, you know, who? where, where are the two seats? And she goes, oh, at that table over there. Oh, that table at the front with Sue Alberti and um, Major General Simone Wilkie. That table. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I was like, what? <laughs> are you sure you got a last minute invite? Mm. Table filler. Or did you just not check your, <laughs> your mail for several weeks? Anyway, so that's how I ended up there. Mm. Front row for a great show. Well, you would have been privy to the awards that were put on earlier in the evening. 
Uh, but those watching at home, the live stream didn't start until 8.30. So, I know, because I was like, is this going to, are they going to spoil the whole event on social media? <laughs> yeah, that's before right. Before the live stream starts? Yeah, so we didn't see goal mark of the year. We didn't see the All-Australian. It only started once the oh. the, um, the count started. Yes. But um, what did we think of All-Australian? Oh, I'm just going to go back a step. Sorry. Taylor Harris took a ripping mark, mm. but Phoebes was robbed. Robbed. Yeah. Because also it's... I think what makes the the Taylor Harris mark spectacular is that she falls onto her back. Well, so what happens if you watch it slowly is Darcy bumps Malloy forward Mm. to get her under the ball and take the mark herself. Yeah. But then Taylor jumps over and because she's been bumped into by Malloy, flips over over Malloy. And so so. for me it's not like the mark – look, it's a great mark. I don't want to say it's not a great mark. It is a great mark. But in terms of marks of the year – I think the the spectacular thing about it is the way she falls, not the yeah, mark. Yeah, well, you could say the same. I mean, Randall's mark is she's it's a very courageous mark, mm. but she's backing into a pack. Yeah. Whereas Eloise Jones, not yeah. recognised, she took one of the best <laughs> marks ever. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so perception, rah rah. Yes, Taylor won. Newman won. We knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. What other awards? There was recognition for leading goal kicker as well. So, Brooke yeah. Oh, my gosh. What? So, you wouldn't have – did you see Brooke Lachlan get recognised? No, because no. the stream didn't start till 8.30. We only saw the count and then the count finished and so did the stream. <laughs> yeah, that's right, straight away. <laughs> so, they've got Simone Wilkie up to present her with – or not – to hand the award to her. Mm. And so, Nerylee's on the at the podium. And Brooke snatched it out of her hands and snapped it over her <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Not even. Brooke just goes – up to the stage, walks straight past Simone Milky <laughs> and goes to Nerily. Nerily's like, oh, no, back five metres. Like, your award's over there. Um, oh, wow. Anyway. That's pretty funny. Yeah, so front row seats to Vera Blue's song. That is not music. Sorry, just putting that out there. I'm just putting out my old Lisa person's. Day listens to this podcast I found out last night and she will not appreciate that comment. Well, we can all disagree. I, I believe Elise Day has an ongoing uh, dispute about what coffee is and I can okay. have an yeah. ongoing dispute about what music is. Pressing a button several times is not playing anything. Well, her voice is. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, why are we talking about this? <laughs> So, that, yeah, then the count starts. What did we think of the count? Emma Carney, congratulations. Yes. And what's so remarkable about the season for her is that she polls in every game. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and is Prolific. a clear winner. There's like 100 people on nine votes. No. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I, I love the clear winner, you know, instead of the, oh, someone's. Well, because it's such a short season, it so yeah. very easily could go yeah. to five people. Mm, yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. And look, I, you know, we posted on, um, you posted on the Insta story uh, our tips and I didn't go Carney, because I just thought that it would be a split the vote type of season. Yep. I was wrong, as happens most times I tip. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I was actually quite shocked that, you know, there weren't more Bulldogs in the top, you know, six or seven, considering their season. But anyway, yeah, what are we? Who, who got that one right, by the way? I oh, just because you – come on. I thought it was the easy tip. <laughs> Let's mix it up a little bit. Hey, look, I'm just milking it, all right? <laughs> Maybe my favourite moment of the night was when she said, when Nerily called her well-liked and she had to correct her. That 
<laughs> was hysterical because I also from Merrily I thought that is a really strange thing to say. Yes, I, I know. can't. She says I can't imagine anyone not liking you. Like, why would you say that unless you knew <laughs> that it would cause a stir in the room? It definitely did cause a stir in the room. I and tell it, you what. Do you know that it was? It was actually hysterical. I thought it was hysterical because everyone just kind of owned it. The play, the you know, the audience laughed and she just owned it and yeah. a, a, did a one a, a, all encompassing apology. To her previous sledging uh, recipients. <laughs> do you know what my mum says, Emma? My mum says when you say sorry, it means you won't do it again. Uh, well, I thought that too. <laughs> so I look forward to no sledging coming out of North Melbourne next year. Um, oh. <laughs> look, I, look, sorry, Caroline Wilson's already come out and said that she's going to North Melbourne. Um, Yes, look, she hasn't uh, – there's not been any announcements, but there's been heaps of rumbling through the media that she'll be going to North Melbourne. So if she doesn't, that's great for dogs. But, um, yeah, well, th- I'm sure a, we'll get to – I mean, memories. gosh, it's the, first, it's the first big name that's rumoured to be moving somewhere specific. But mm. with the expansion rules, she yeah. won't be, it won't be the last. No, that's right. Um, yeah, but it was – look, the, her speech was great. Yes, congratulations to Emma on a fantastic season. I really think she epitomises the change in the Bulldogs. You know, she's worked on her – she speaks about working on her skill by foot Mm. and she, I really think, is bringing other players into the game in a way that she hadn't before and that's really taken her own game to the next level because she's looking to hit up those short targets and do all that great footy stuff Mm. Um, and it's paid off for the team and for herself. So, um, Mm. good story from season two. Yeah. So, rather predictably, Chloe Malloy also won the Rising Star. Mm. She's just going to be so good to watch awesome. over the next 10 years. Oh, well, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, those watching at home were surprised to see the All-Australian just sh- the all Australian team just show up in a tweet <laughs> when I was waiting for the stream to start. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, so, what did we think of that? What do we think of the team? It's, that was it, my favourite part of the night, actually. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. Sh- just, just rub it in. Yeah, I, I found that too last year, Meg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. How many new – a lot of new people. Yeah, which is great. Mm-hmm. All right, should I go through the team quickly? Sure. Yep. Full back line, Chloe Malloy, Kate Lutkins. Beautiful. Half back line, Hannah Scott, Chelsea Randall, Ebony Antonio. Centre line, Dana Hooker, Emma Carney, Alicia Eva. Half forward line, Elise O'Day, Sabrina frederick Traub, Brooke Lachland. Full forward line, Jess Wushner. <laughs> I was about to say Corey. Corey Bernardi. <laughs> <laughs> it just asked for it. <laughs> if her nickname's not Corey, I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> Christina Bernardi. Followers are Erin McKinnon, Courtney Gum, Daisy Pierce, Interchange, Bates, Harris, Paxman, Blackburn, Meg Downey. Mm. Pretty solid team. It's a very solid team. And you look at it and go, well, you know, oh, Libby Birch is a bit stiff to not get in, but then you've got to take someone out. and Yeah, who do you take yeah. out? Who do you need to take out? I reckon it's worth really congratulating those girls that have been able to get in there two years in a row mm. because I think yeah. it's across the season we've seen how hard it is to perform mm. once everyone knows how good you are Yeah, and under the varying circumstances of the second season. So to get up when you're those girls. Yeah. Yeah. Daisy, Paxi, Carney, Blackburn. Yeah. Bates, Frederick Traub, Harris. Bates, yeah. Those two different have... teams, two for Taylor Harris. Was yeah. yeah. Effort. The, old, the old repeat, um, worth mentioning. Yeah. So I think there were nine repeat All Australians 
Yeah. And also, well, last year there would have been 22. Yeah, I know. So, so. Libby, really unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so, know. Meg, how did the night finish? You were a bit husky when you arrived here. And Aussie pizza. Oh, at 4am. Oh. Well, that speaks to a good evening, doesn't it? With egg? Uh, yes. Why else would you order an Aussie? It's a Hawaiian <laughs> or something otherwise. Um, no. Meat that, lovers. So concluded the celebrations on season season two AFL. W. Probably uh, AFLW, sorry. <laughs> um, AFLW. I probably partied throughout the weekend as if I played. I didn't play, but that's fine. <laughs> Now we can. Uh, oh, but you played. I played. <laughs> I podcasted. <laughs> yes, night of nights. Good. It was a pleasure to be there. Thanks, Das. Um, let's get Julia there next year. <laughs> yeah, I concur. <laughs> well, Meg. Oh yes, me. It's your time to shine now. It's Meg's. Would you rather? Yes, would you rather? Now you threw it to the public again because you thought I might have been a little bit dusty. Uh, dusty. Um. <laughs> Which I was just tired, just tired. Yeah, it's a late one. Yeah, it was a late oh, one. school night. I know. What are you doing? So thank you again. People have clearly been biting their tongues for eight, nine weeks, and now they've they've really delivered. So we're going to go with some would you rather's from Twitter. Thanks, Al, for putting the shout out. No worries. Um, if we haven't got to you, I was surprised with how many. So I'm sorry. We've had to cull. Mm. Um, time is money. Um, okay, so we're going to start with uh, or negative, negative money. money. <laughs> we're going to start with at World Footy News. Love your work. Would you rather AFLW be played under the same laws and format as the AFL or trust Stephen Hawking with a blank piece of paper? <laughs> oh. Well, I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah, what our thoughts are. Yeah, I think same rules as well. Well, I'm going to rate some of the people that are advising him and get invited to, to discuss it, mm. but discuss it with the same rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder what JC thinks. Oh, I've got no opinion. I think Steve Hawking would be an amazing graphic artist and I can't. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, look, if it's a uh, – yes, same rules, please. <laughs> okay, we're going to go with two from at the new timer, Alf. Can, are, oh, we gonna, are we going to say it? Our male friend. <laughs> no. We're going to say probably the best would you rather or we've come across. Mm. Sorry to those others that we'll be reading out today. Um, <laughs> and me. <laughs> oh, no. You, well, you don't count. You're just an extension of you. me. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> in, the, in the best way. Come on. Oh. My okay. dream come true. <laughs> at the new timer asks, would you rather be taken seriously as an athlete at your end of year awards or have the entire football media suddenly develop opinions on your spray tan? <laughs> <laughs> and have we included ourselves in that? <laughs> football media? I'm against spray tans. <laughs> I'm against them too. But I think I'm just, yeah generationally I don't really get it, but it does seem to be a thing that yeah, everyone wears them. Yeah, I, I, has I'm them. the same. What? What is it? Why? Why? Explain, Meg. Well, I think you could probably go into a full-blown race discussion, <laughs> ethics on the whole thing. I'm being serious. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't go there, but you know, what I'm, you know what I'm saying. I think it's funny and strange and the be other, who you are. The other thing is, so, like, show off your singlet tan. You put in a hard pre-season yeah, yeah, yeah. and season. You yeah. could have a singlet tan. Yeah. 
That's what I said to you. I said, I'm not getting a spray tan because I play footy. What do you bitches do? (laughs) (laughs) But I think also now we're so used to not seeing a tan line that it becomes even more shocking when you see one because everyone kind of has the spray tan. I don't really get it. I'll show you mine if you show me yours. (laughs) But as, you know, I I don't know. Now we have to send it into a conversation about the spray tan. Um, No, but that's not just about the rewards. I think it's just about women at the current you know, it's everywhere. It's not just at the awards. No. But it is a, a generational thing. I don't really get it. And I, uh, as a fan of the freckle, I just, I'm not into it. This isn't about wow. my. I'm forming <laughs> the best, you know, I'm learning new yeah. things about you each episode, JC. I love the freckle as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hi, Dad. <laughs> my dad listens. Another one from the new timer. Would you rather constantly hear the phrase, the footy's back after seven weeks of AFLW <laughs> Or be forced to listen to that The Boys Are Back song on repeat every time you turn on the radio. That is truly horrific. Both <laughs> options. That is like you're right. The, the new time has so completely encapsulated. Like, I invited do you want the- a pile of shit or a shit sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> I have invited the new timer to replace me on the board. <laughs> Um, I'm going to say I would rather listen to the footies back after seven weeks because I can just safe in my knowledge that I know they're f***ing dumb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whereas it's inescapable. Yeah. Okay. We're going to go with one from Danae Gibson at DGZW. Hi. Not sure about this one. I think it's directed at toi. <laughs> Uh, would you rather be drafted by an interstate team or not be drafted and maintain your podcast? <laughs> Hashtag Frio needs tools. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Danae is clearing out the spare room in, in, in Perth. <laughs> Heap home, me. <laughs> me? Sure about you? <laughs> Surely not. No, which would you rather? Oh, I'd, I'd, I'd rather my F grade celebrity status <laughs> and remain on a podcast. <laughs> and you? <laughs> well, just say if that was aimed at me. I think yes. the Courtney Gum season has shown like, take a punt, take a punt on moving into state. You don't know what might happen. Yeah. So. Oh, should I answer? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's a very, it's a very good question, Danae. And I... Sort of, I suppose, had to consider it mm. a little while ago. Might have to consider it in another couple of months. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope, should things go well. So dependent. But I would say that I don't I don't really know the answer. And I'm very thankful to Alison and Julia for inviting me on the pod because Oh look, you're laughing at me. I'm getting serious. No, no, no. I'm, just, I'm smiling. No, I was I'm laughing because I didn't invite you. <laughs> It was all me. Sorry. Man. Well, you second. You said that's a good idea. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Didn't you? Yeah. No. She, she's she been against it. <laughs> yes, because I was a bit apprehensive about how I would consider this AFLW season because I so desperately wanted to be playing in it. But it has allowed me to engage in it in a completely new way that I really value. And Al's giving me a look. Mm-hmm. So I'm no, I'm very, no, I'm, I'm very not, happy to be here. So it's the most it's, awkward high five. <laughs> so, <laughs> so as much as I still desperately would like to be back playing AFLW next year, and the answer might be easy if it was Melbourne or Pod. <laughs> um, it 
has given me pause your question because I, uh, I I like what we're doing and I also think why not both? Yes. Mm. Yes. yes. But for the sake of, you know, you, Meg, I hope that we never see you on the pod ever oh. again. <laughs> Thank you, Julia. <laughs> you mean you can – I'll let you interview me after I win <laughs> That's right. the award. Um, and final one from me. Oh, actually, I might do two. We'll see. It's awards edition. So, would you rather currently win the AFL Players Association MVP as judged by your peers – because we love the AFLW playing group, or win the W Awards Best and Fairest as judged by umpires who we have had s- taken some issues with throughout the season. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, I don't want to say that current umpires are not good judges of football talent, mm. but I think that an award that's judged by your peers is pretty special. Mm. I agree. This is quite hard. It's a bit of a line ball. But yeah. I think in terms of history, <laughs> the best and fairest winner kind of um, – The prestige. Is, is, the prestige, yeah, yeah. It's more memorable. I, I know that it, when you receive it that at the time the player one probably means a lot. It would mean a huge amount. But I think as time travels on, having the best and fairest for the whole league, I think is – yeah – Oh, but that makes me sound like I only care about prestige and not about what people really think of me. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> what I will say, one sort of difference there seems to be between the awards at the moment is the MVP is like an impression of someone as a player mm. across the season. I really felt sitting there last night that, wow, seven rounds is so quick. Yeah. You yeah. could have had three excellent games of the seven and, and finished second on yeah. nine points. Yeah. Um, so it's, I mean, who knows what could happen with mm. with – in such a short season. So I think as the season extends, hopefully, please don't conference it. No. Um, <laughs> as the season extends, this, that sort of consistent performance throughout the year will be recognised. Now, we've noted that Carney polled in every game, which is I'm so happy that she's done that and won. But there is there's something in it at the moment that, you know, it takes five minutes to count because yeah, yeah, yeah. the season's so short. Yeah. yeah. Um, so know. my answer, I'd... Yeah. You'd feel pretty special if you are a first-year player, you come into the league and and everyone from opposition clubs votes you as the most valuable. I think that would be incredible. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, what a year. What a year. Season. Yeah. A couple of months. <laughs> yeah, actually. Just... What a year. It's still March. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but look, I think it's been a great season um, despite <laughs> – Everything thrown at it. We've seen some great footy. It's great to see the Bulldogs win. And look, trade season will come. We'll start to see the, you know, it happens, it's happening very quickly. You know, Carlton's put their job out on seek. But, you know, girls will be find out if they're delisted. It's all pretty cutthroat in the next few months. And, yeah, we've got two new teams next year in North and Geelong. We'll see player movement and, and we're going to see the next crop of 18-year-olds come through as well. So exciting times. Very exciting times. In terms of this AFL life, not sure when our next show will be, <laughs> possibly after the trade period, but we'll see. Uh, we're about to head into the VFLW season. Mm, the real footy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most of you would know that we're all pretty involved with the Darabin Falcons. Very big year for us. I don't know. I'm kind of thinking maybe we start a Falcons podcast. <laughs> Some of our listeners are going, isn't it already? <laughs> <one?"> <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. 
Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for all the feedback on Twitter. We're well, yeah, looking forward to AFLW3. Yeah.